Welcome to episode 39 of the Permaculture Pimpcast. The only Pimpcast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How are you today, my dear? Fine. How are you doing today? Okay, y'all. As you can tell, <laughs> William's not in the studio with me, so it's going to be me and the homestead honey. I'm Billy, and she's Michelle. She doesn't really know the routine in here, so we're going to get her up to snuff on this. Um, are you, are you nervous? No, I, I actually wasn't nervous until you showed up in the studio and sat down and started telling me the list of rules and everything that I had to do and don't do. And I already had an issue with the music before that even started. Oh, don't even try. You like the gap band. No, that's not the music I'm talking about. Well, anyway, you don't have to worry about that. I got the music in hand. We're not going to be listening to Cindy Lauper or anything like this. This is the permaculture pimp cast. Not not put Michelle's whack music there, on the pimp. I didn't have any whack music. It wasn't Cindy Lauper. Yeah, you messed up any chance of ever having the music on this show by pulling that stunt you did the last time. <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing that clown. Okay, y'all. This show brought to you by twooldcrows.com. And they have the Hickory Ridge soap. Turn that mangy man into a sexy beast. Is that what it does for me, honey? Yep. When I come out of there? That's what it does. I come blinging out like a disco ball, <laughs> y'all. That's how it goes. Hey, remember, check us out on that fountain app. Tip a pimp or a pimp. Michelle, could you be a pimp also? Because permaculture is your passion also, right? I guess so. Yeah. So tip a pimp on the fountain app, y'all. We got to catch Jack Spearco as the number one spot. Anyway, tip of the day. This is going to make sense. Acquire discernment and wisdom. I'm kind of saying this halfway laughing, but I'm deadly serious because honestly, I'll be honest with y'all. Um, I haven't always demonstrated the, the best of either in certain situations and others. I'm completely right on board. Sometimes with human relations and everything, I haven't always been the most discerning. And the reason why and I'm going to keep it very straight here, y'all, is when I pray for it, the Lord provides it. And when I don't pray for it or when I don't seek it, because I'm thinking, I guess that I got it all figured out. Well, guess what? I get myself into certain pits, get myself into certain relationships, get myself into certain acquaintances, get myself into certain positions with people that maybe I should have never got into. One of them happened this weekend, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but thank God for discernment. And we were definitely prayed up in that one. I know this is going to be a weird kind of podcast, y'all, but I got to talk about it because this is something we talk about all the time here at the house, honey. What do you think about the What do you, where do you think you are in the discernment continuum? Well, I think I'm getting better at it because I've had to, because I've paid hard lessons for not, it's like that little voice that I've up until recently, like really recently, I've always kind of ignored or second, I think second guessed is probably the best word, not ignored it. I've, I've kind of second guessed every time I get that, that voice or that gut feeling, I, I always think, well, maybe it's just me or maybe I should ignore yeah. it. And I have paid some hard lessons for ignoring it. And now <laughs> I'm not ignoring it anymore. That's no. for sure. No, William said the same thing. In fact, folks, the reason William's not even, well, he's he's here, but he's not on the mic is because, well, son, can you work that out? All right. So I'm here, but I had a uh, jujitsu tournament this past weekend. Um, I won, but I still had to defend a choke. So my voice is a little messed up. Yeah, so, so your wife, your mom's filling in. Yeah, son, you don't sound very that baritone voice you normally have sounds like you've been choked out, bro. It almost sounds as if your your mom doesn't even want to watch the video, man. She's afraid. No. No. I guess Emily didn't want to watch it either. She did. She watched a little bit of. She it. did, but now she no longer wants to go to a jujitsu match. Yeah, well, you won, so I mean, you know, well, sometimes you. You know, I mean, so there's discernment in all things, you know. Uh, maybe her discernment's telling her maybe stay away from watching you do any jujitsu. So, um, yeah, so that's why he's not in the chair tonight. So I'm in here training the homestead, honey. 
And I know she's going to hit it right out of the park. Honey, can you do this without any editing? Because we don't edit anything. I'm, I'm not. I make no promises. Yeah. Yeah. You got to You got <laughs> to bring it. You got to bring it. This audience. Honey, there's only like thousands and thousands of people listening to this. Okay. So you got to bring your A game. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, y'all work on that discernment. And we're going to talk about more of that in a minute. All right. So straight into the farm news. All right. This has been. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to do this. A number of people sent emails and they're like, man, I wish you guys did it like more often. And I'm like, wow, twice a week is I don't know. Maybe we will in the winter months, but we have got so much to get caught up on. Um, folks, I really I really don't even have the words. I mean, we have got a ton to catch up on. We just put out that butchery video with Jason from So the Lamb, which, by the way, um, Tuesday is going to be not the deadline, but basically if you want to get in on the live stream with us both, you got to be registered and paid up by then. Believe me, I'm not overselling it. It's about half the price of what you would normally pay. And you're getting everything you need to know to go ahead and put that pig in the fridge. So um, yeah, be sure to get that if you need it. And also uh, on YouTube, we just put out a video today with an addendum bear independent. Go check him out. He's doing yeoman's work over there. Y'all. He could use Grindstone Ministries is where it's at. And we're going to try to, yeah, William says we'll go ahead and put it in down below. So if you can donate anything to that cause out there, they're not getting any FEMA money because this is so, because it's in small town Oklahoma, Ida Bell, Oklahoma. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody cares about these people for the most part. So they're not getting any FEMA money, not getting anything. They were blasted with a tornado. And here they are all by themselves and neighbors helping neighbors and they're, they're reaching out to everybody they can to possibly help. So if nothing else offer, you know, oftentimes we say, well, praying is the least I can do. No, I got news for you. Y'all it's all you can do. It's the most you can do. So render prayers. And if you can lend, if you can break bread and I mean, in the form of money, go ahead and hook them up at grindstone ministries. Uh, we donated earlier and we're hoping other people do the same as well. And they're asking for volunteers. They need boots on the ground, too. It's not just one of them situations where they're saying, hey, hand over the money. All right. Should have probably covered that from the get-go. But um, going into the farm news, okay, William won his jujitsu, And um, Michelle, we were over there with Justin at Metcalf Mills doing some sorghum. Yep, I was hanging out with little Charlotte. Yeah, she was over there taking all my koala bear hugs. <laughs> yeah, when Michelle's around, I don't. I get no love. Well... Yeah, you do. No, she'll you come do. up, hi, Uncle Billy, and then give me a big, and I'll say, hey, do I get a koala bear huggy? She'll give me a hug, and then bam, put me down, give me to her. And then she's over there spoiling her rotten, and I'm over there doing the sorghum. But, well, folks, I'm probably going to do a podcast on that completely. I don't want to get too far ahead of Justin regarding the sorghum harvest, but Michelle was over there helping as well. We were, um, I mean, I got to say, this was actually going to, I was debating on whether or not we were going to do the topic we're doing tonight or whether it was going to be the whole notion of learning new skills. I think maybe we can cover it both. We're going to hit a lot of it right here in this, in this farm news section. And it was really a last minute thing. You and I were planning to go to a football game. Yes. Or we were planning on, actually, I think we were just planning on, on resting that day since it was Saturday. But then we went and did something I can't remember and saw that it was like a local football game. So we decided we was going to go to the football game. Well, you game. went for a jog and I was walking around that farmer's market with that t-shirt on that says, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm walking around a very liberal farmer's market. I wasn't paying attention which, which t-shirt I grabbed. Not that I would have cared anyway, but I'm over there in this t-shirt and it has, it's an acronym. I made it up a long time ago. It's racist, R-A-C-I-S-T. And it stands for, and it says right below it, it has racist up top. And then down below it says rational and constitutionally inspired sensible thinker. Well, I wasn't paying any attention over there. I just grabbed the shirt. I don't, I mean, how many times do you really look at yourself? Well, okay. Well, I don't, I don't know how often a person <laughs> does, but I don't. So I got out of the house. We were doing our morning chores, got that done. And we were going to rest that day. So Michelle was out for a jog and they were setting up for the farmer's market. It was windy. So a lady's tent was blowing over. I run over there real quick. I help her put the tent up. And, you know, she I don't. She said thank you and everything, but she was looking at me kind of weird. And then as I'm walking through the middle of this whole thing, everybody, it's like, you know, typically I'm like, boy, they've taken this white guilt to a next level, man. I'm over here. What's up with all this? It's like these people, I, I thought that they were genuflecting. Well, they were repulsed. 
because they were looking at the shirt and probably couldn't figure out what was going on. And it was it was uh, like some orientation at the college where they have this farmer's market. And these people were out there kind of staring at me weird. And it wasn't until I saw my reflection in one of the glass uh, window panes there that I'm like, oh, this is why these people are tripping. So I think I did something of a little blurb for um, Patreon. I can't remember. I'll have to see if I got that on there. It wasn't very good and the wind was blowing, so I'm not even sure it worked out. Anyway, we were we left there. We were going to come back and go to the football game right. and just kind of chill out. They have yep. homecoming it, you know. We were going to do that. Justin sent me a text. He says, hey, man, I'm running this sorghum. So I was like, man, I wouldn't mind getting over there looking at that. And we get over there. I'm thinking, okay, so the other neighbor down the way, he was there at the time with his two kids. And um, we get over there, and I'm realizing I can tell by the work. I can tell by the load that he's going to need a ham. And, man, I'm telling you, y'all, I've been stretched thin. Haven't you, honey? I've yeah, been- yeah, we've been, we've been going for the last... Well, William and Billy have been going for the last few months, just going to the different festivals. But yeah, it's just been busy like, just the no last downtime. couple of months. Yeah, no downtime really at all. So when I got over there and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is cool. This is kind of rest. So I'm sitting there, you know, helping out and everything was kind of easy going and some other folks showed up. And then now we're getting on. We we filled up. We basically, we didn't even finish. I mean, there's still more to do. We did 95 gallons is what we ended up boiling, but there's a whole process to it. In fact, he created this entire apparatus to make this thing work. And we're going through this uh, skimming process. There's a whole big process you go through when you're doing sorghum. And then there's certain little marks that you look for. Well, he was thinking it was going to take five hours. Well, it was also daylight saving time. So I didn't get to bed that night until maybe 2.30 in the morning. And so I had to get up next day, do the chores, the whole nine yards, and didn't sleep the night after that. So it's still riding on autopilot. But I so got to say. So let me translate. He's a little grumpy. I'm not and grumpy. He's in there. He's in here bossing people around. No, I'm so. not. I'm not being grumpy. I'm just telling you, hey, uh-huh. you just. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> exactly. Did you hear that tone? I'm not being grumpy. Like I'm a not being grumpy. Old. I'm not, woman, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not being grumpy. It was, look, I just got a healthy dislike for nonsense. And if I see some nonsense, it's going down. That's how it goes. (laughs) That's how it's going down. But no, it was cool. I was out there until oh dark 30. And I'll be honest with you. Everybody else bounced on him. Um, There was two major events that happened to that, but we'll, we'll continue that here in a little bit. Um, We'll talk about the other news, and then I'll, forgive my use of the word, circle back to that one. But we were up there till 2.30 in the morning, got that stuff back to the house. I mean, that 95 gallons, I don't know how many it boiled down to, but, man, we were out there forever and a day, and everybody bounced on him. There was no way I was going to leave him there with that. But we got it up. We got it into the house, 2.30, but that's the nature of farm work, y'all. Sometimes it goes that long. So it didn't go the five hours that he thought, but then again, there was 95 gallons. And I, my guess would be after it was all said and done boiling down, there might've been about 16 gallons. I mean, man, that's a lot of boiling. Yeah, and, it uh, really, it really was. I didn't think it, I thought that he said it would take five hours to boil. Well, the thing but... is you're not just standing there. You're not just standing there while this thing boils. You got to skim this stuff off the top mm-hmm. and you got to get all those impurities out. And Justin, he's real. He's real anal about that stuff. I mean, you got to be able to um, stay on top of it. Otherwise, it winds up floating down in there. There's a lot of little things, but, y'all, that's another skill I just put under my hat. Then the next day, wait, was it that day or the next day we went to the orchard? No, it was the next day. It was the next day. Yeah, so it, I was. Yeah, it was the same day that we were supposed to go to the. No, we went to the to orchard the, the next show. day. We went to the orchard the next day. Right. You're getting ahead of things. No, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sunday we went to the orchard. Yeah, so we had a whole plan a day planned out on the orchard. Um and a number of other things we were going to do there. And um let's see here. We were I mean, all the other farm news that we got going on, I mean, it's the typical thing, but it's just on top of everything else. And I'm not complaining because I love this life. It's just one of those things, y'all. When you work for yourself and you do all these things, you are going to I mean, the truth is you're going to be very, very busy and you've been busy as well. Yeah. I mean, everybody's been busy. It's just because you have like your, your produce that you're trying to get taken care of. You've got the business end, you've got the, the, the videos. I mean, it's just, 
Um, yeah, just everything going on. And yeah, so everybody has been going at a hundred miles an hour in every single way possible. And, you know, trying to stay up on the emails and stuff like that. When you make comments on YouTube and stuff like that, try to always comment to everybody, but Hey, just for, just so you know, folks, we kind of talked about it in the last, last podcast, some emails for some reason aren't getting to us. And I know it's the Gmail. There's a lot of chicanery going on with uh, the electronic world. And I'm not believing it's an accident. So there's that going on. And then people are telling me they're commenting on YouTube and I'm not seeing the comments because I, I respond to everything. And uh, we make time to do that. If, even if I'm up till oh dark 30, I'm sitting here. I, I'll get to you. If you, if you cared enough to leave a comment, I'm at least let you know I saw it. Um, but I do, I, I thank you everybody for your support and also on Patreon. The problem is somebody somewhere is playing games with all this stuff. So one more thing we were doing also, and this is going right back into that preparedness component, is that freeze dryer is running day and night. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So what what did you put so, in there today? Well, the today we put Spanish rice in there. You've been filling it with like chicken and rice. I have a few things that I want to try to put in, but I just haven't had the the time to get it put together. So lately we've just been doing like meals, meals that we can do like really quick. Well, and then, you know, like with that chicken and rice thing, I kind of halfway talked about it. It's a simple, look, it's getting real. And I know I say that every single podcast as of late, it's getting real and it's getting tough for a lot of folks out there. That's why I have this thing running day and night. If you're going to make a meal, honey, doesn't it make sense to just go ahead and double it, triple it, or whatever the case well, may be? Well, sometimes it does, but I usually I usually double meals anyway. So then you get mm-hmm. so then you get so into you the cook room. all week. No, just because that there that's not the reason. I end up cooking anyway. It's just we have like we'll eat the meals for like lunch and dinner multiple times through the day, and there's a few of us eating, so it ends up being. It doesn't last that long. So when you get into the realm of quadrupling meals, you start running into problems. <laughs> well, it's it's not a problem for me on my end because I'm usually the one operating that freeze dryer. And then when it's all done, I put it back in the thing. But it's a problem on her end as far as having to quadruple whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not the freeze dryer that's the problem. It's the logistically trying to figure out how to cook like for an army. Well... I mean, you can pretty much leave Kendra out of that equation. I don't care if, man, I'm I'm convinced at this point, Bobby Flay could be down there cooking and she'd still be doing some box macaroni and cheese. So she just, she, she just likes the way she likes her food, Billy. Man, her any alone. crunchy eggs. Let her, let her eat her eggs the way she wants to eat we're gonna her have eggs. To add, uh, look, we're having an intervention on my niece tomorrow, y'all, oh about goodness. these crunchy eggs. That's how she said she likes them. I don't even, crunchy eggs. Okay. But hey, just so y'all know, there ain't nobody in Michelle's family that can cook eggs. Nope. We didn't have YouTube growing up. We you didn't ain't gotta have YouTube. We didn't get on YouTube and, and search the proper French way to cook eggs, Billy. Well, I did, and I know how to do to it. Do. That's right, because I can lay it down with my eggs. I don't play around with those. I don't want those slimy, sloppy eggs either. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm. <laughs> she she knows I'm I'm kind of a egg Nazi. Yeah, I don't I don't like them Food slimy Nazi, eggs. Biscuit Nazi. Bacon Nazi. That's right. That's right. I get all this stuff going, y'all. And then she, I wind up, I come back here and nothing but, I mean, I get crumbs left in that. Oh, my goodness. This is what staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning doing sorghum does. For no, I'll tell you what I was staying up doing last night was in that candy roaster squash. Man, I was chipping that thing. That's the only thing I put in the freeze dryer so far in that pan. I was like, why why are people complaining about this stuff in the freeze dryer, man? I haven't had a problem yet. Well, I put a candy roaster squash up in there. From Lavender Homestead? Yeah. And that's, man, I was up there. I was already tired. I'm in there chipping this stuff out. I mean, chipping it out of the <laughs> doggone pan. And I still put that stuff in the bag. Believe me, I wasn't wasting it. So we got a bunch of seeds from that too. So that was really cool. But um, we're going to spend a little more time on this farm news because we had another little happening unfold when we were down there helping Justin, or at least I did, because by that time I'd taken you home. Right. Yep. I got you home, what, about 10 o'clock, a little bit thereafter? Some, yeah, I don't even know what time it was. William didn't get back from his jiu-jitsu uh, contest until 
after 10, I think. Like 11, 10, 30, 11, maybe. Right. So check this out. As I was going back, y'all, this is where we're going to take a little bit of tact here and where the show's going to take a little bit. We'll get into the other topics, but I want to make sure I, I talk about this because this is remarkable. I'm taking Michelle home and we're driving back in the truck from Justin's house so I can drop her off. And when I say driving back, y'all, you could literally walk it, but it just, for expedience sake, it just makes sense to just drive on down the road. We're driving down there and there's a emergency vehicle from the county we're in. There's no lights on except headlights. And it's a, what was it, a fire truck? It No, it was like an SUV. The back was open, and all I saw was like a sticker that said Mars Hill it was Fire a rural, Department. Right, it was a volunteer fire department guy. Right, but there were no lights, and it wasn't like an official vehicle. It was, it was, um, it was just a, a private vehicle, but there were, there were no lights. Well, it's one of those, um. It's one of those volunteer guys. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But even the volunteers usually have lights on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether his were malfunctioning. It was just a bizarre scenario. So, And there's this little boy with a hat. When I say little boy, he might have been what? Like 13, probably. Yeah, somewhere around there. And he's sitting here crying. But Michelle was thinking that they were over there changing a tire. It looked to me like there was, I thought for some reason there was a motorcycle. I couldn't really see well. The lighting wasn't great. And I'm not wanting to stop because I'm thinking I'm going to be a bigger problem. I mean, if it were legitimate emergencies that I could detect or figure out I could help. I'm, otherwise, I'm thinking I'm just going to be in the way of the first responders. Um, let me just kind of look. And it was visibility was tough. So we go there, drop Michelle off. When I come back, an ambulance was there, and this was weird, really weird as well. There was no lights on the ambulance, and it was just headlights. And so they drive away. Well, fast forward to the next day. I was up till 2.30 in the morning with Justin. Come to find out, I hear from Justin the following day. Now, let me back up a little bit more because this bears telling as well. There were other neighbors that we have that were on the other side of Justin, and they live up in the mountains like us. And they were helping for a while. They were helping as long as they could. But, you know, um, after a while, they ended up going to the house. And so here's where it gets a weird turn all of a sudden. Next day, Justin tells me that he says, hey, you know that little thing that happened down there by the road? Because I had already, when I came back to Justin's house, that's when I saw the ambulance. And they were pulling away, no lights. And I told him, I said, man, this is pretty bizarre. I don't know what happened. Well, he calls me up the next day, and I know he's tuckered out, too, because no matter what, he's getting up at 5.30. And he says, man, that guy, what had happened down there was some dude that lives down the road from here. I know him. Kind of had a bad run of luck for a while. Well, he just had a mysterious heart attack. And um, we had our suspicions as to why. And then I kid you not, later on, Michelle and I are running around. We're doing our... And this is what's, we'll get into the main topic of what we ran into running around. But as we were running around, we ended up stopping at Tractor Supply. And those two neighbors that were there, we ran into them at Tractor Supply. And they're telling me um, the next, I don't want to say what the road is, but the road that's just parallel to the road where we saw that guy have the heart attack, there was another guy at about the same time, another dude had a heart attack. So, which, and both of them died. Both of them died. Yes. I mean, they didn't just have a heart attack. Like both of them died. Yeah. And we're talking like folks, we live in a very, very, very rural place. I mean, you don't just, there ain't a whole lot of people that live around here. So you had the one guy die. I'm guessing with that little boy in the car with him. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, I now realize that must've been what it was all about. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm, dealing with a certain level of guilt, thinking, man, I should have stopped. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I, I don't know the situation, man. I'm just going to make it worse if I stop here. I mean, let me just kind of creep on through. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, that guy died of a heart attack. And the, the same night, on a road that parallels this road, another guy dies. Now, there's a whole lot of died suddenly going on right now. And I, I don't, I, I'm, I dare say that just about everybody I can think of right now knows somebody who was touched by this phenomenon. I'll leave it up to you as to what I think it is. 
No, I, I can say whatever I want here, honey. Okay, do you have any hypothesis of what you think uh, it might be? Yeah, the, the, the bioweapon that was used, that's what it was. Well, see, she minces her words, y'all, so... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I mean, if I had to guess, I would, I would, that would be my first question, is did, did they take it? Yeah. Well, nobody knows for sure. I mean, nobody knew, but the suspicion was is that they had. And... I'm I'm just sitting here scratching my head at this point. And I'm like, I was just listening to a report where the governor in like, let's say New York is trying to make this thing mandatory for all these kids there. Well, folks, what you don't know, Michelle is originally from New York and Pennsylvania. Well, I'm sorry. In her case, Pennsylvania. Hey, uh, you, you, you grew up there too. <laughs> yeah. At least, oh, at least yeah, I know hayseed. where potatoes come from. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of took a tact here, but anyway, um, anyway, they're talking about making this thing mandatory, so it all comes down to whatever. So it's time to pull your kids out. Yeah, I, I would hope so. But anyway, folks, I mean, I know that's a lot in the farm news sector. I mean, I know I changed up kind of the pattern of the program today, but man, that's just that bears reporting. I mean, I know that there are other people out there that are seeing this stuff. Every time I turn around, it's either somebody that now has myocarditis or somebody that's just died. Well, and it seems like the heart issues affect the males, like the majority of the males, right? It seems to be, at least that's the way it, it seems. Not saying that it doesn't affect women, but it seems to be that's the the part that affects the men. The women seem to have other issues that they deal with. Yeah, and both of these guys were relatively young. Right. I mean, we're talking like early 40s. So, I mean, good night, y'all. We'll be back in a minute with the world news. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. But she always knows her place. She's got style. She's got grace. She's a winner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, how do you like them jams, honey? I don't like those jams. Yeah. I like my music that I pissed. You tell that, me you don't like I Tom Jones? To, of course not. Listen to the words. Who cares? She always knows her place. Okay, well, he came out in the 60s. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, look what, at the four tops it, and, the, and the Temptations. It wasn't acceptable in the 60s either. Yeah, okay, I'll play some Temptations. They said some other stuff like that too. They were, That was a jam either way. Tom, okay. Tom Jones, look, when I got my voice back, I'll go ahead and imitate some of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, world news. I guess, look, I'm not going to spend, I always say this every single time, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I guess I'm saying that to always... I guess I'm always trying to find a way to condense this thing. But look, election day is tomorrow. And I've noticed this little phenomenon lately that all these yard signs of all the Democrats out there. Now, folks, let me preface this by saying I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. They're all poll cats. Um, and I've been doing a lot of research lately um, about all this stuff. And maybe I'll touch on that just a little bit. But election day, obviously, is tomorrow. And I've been noticing that all the Democrats don't have their party affiliation on any of the signs. Have you noticed any of that? Well, when you said it, I did. I didn't I didn't really pay attention before then. And they have Republican colors on them, typically. I didn't even. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got red, white, and blue all over it. They got all this other stuff. And I'm like, huh, how about that? So here we are, y'all. I guess I'm not of the illusion that this is. I'm, now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to go out and vote. I always do. But I'm not under any illusion. I'm like, okay, so what are you expecting to change when the same people that, you know, the voting, we have electronic machines that can be manipulated. But they just stole this thing from Bolsonaro in Brazil. And it, the people are turning the place upside down practically because everybody knows that it was stolen. Well, at least they are in Brazil. Here, nobody's turning anything upside down. No, no, not as long as we, uh, no, no, I, I, at the end of the day, they're saying, well, if this happens, look, ain't nothing going to happen. I guarantee it. You know why? Because we are such a decadent society that literally it is going to take starvation to wake this population up. And speaking of Kathy Hochul, that governor in New York, um, I'm sitting there watching an interview, and it was a, it was a brief interview. 
I think I saw it on Stu Peters where this judge, not a judge, but a newscaster was giving her the, the what for regarding crime in New York City, how she can't even go to the store. Well, it's not, I, you know, and then it occurred to me. I don't know that anybody's, these newscasters are never, nobody's going to wake up until it hits these newscasters, these prostitutes that work out there until one of them gets beat over the head going into a store or gets mugged on the way coming out of it or anything like that. Or they're going to find out, oh, shoot, when this whole thing jumps off, guess what? I didn't get the memo. I'm not part of the uh, in crowd like I thought I was because I got news for you, folks. I used to work in that business. And in local radio or rather TV stations, look, I don't care. I'll I'll take anybody to task because I, I saw the inner workings of it. All the reporters there get paid almost nothing. They are there. Most of the women reporters are there to try to land a doctor, or at least that's what they used to back then in Oklahoma when I was there. And, uh, you know, all the ones that are actually on TV, the anchors and stuff like that, they might get paid a little bit more, but mostly reporters don't get paid a whole lot. So all of a sudden they're going to find out, oh, shoot, I didn't get the memo. I'm starving like everybody else. And I'm wondering if that's what it's going to take to actually wake everybody up. What do you think yeah, it's going to take? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't th- until people, until people don't have what they want to eat, they're probably not going to care until they well, don't have their veggie burgers. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, that's a, that brings me into the next article. Um, more people, and this is from Natural News, more and more people are becoming homeless as America's economic crisis worsens. I mean, that seems self-evident, don't you think? I mean, I'm over here looking, I'm reading the stories about the food banks and stuff, and they're running out, and people don't even have stuff to put in their, not only do they not have anything to put in their freezers, they don't have anything to put in the fireplace. Right, they, but they're having to make choices between either paying for their heating or, or buying groceries. And also, groceries have... I mean, I don't know how people on fixed incomes are affording it, really, because I go into a grocery store, things have gone up significantly, like 2 or $3, and that's just one item. Some things have doubled. I, I don't know how people are affording, and I don't know how they're going to afford their ridiculously through-the-roof heating costs that they're going to have to pay for this year. Well, tell them about your family in New York. So my brother is, well, my whole family is in New York State. And they have actual winter there. They don't have like 60 one day and a little bit of snow the next day. They they actually have winter. So he, does he heat with propane? Is that what it is? Uh, get, uh, oil. He heats with something. He has to have his tank filled up. It's not like. Basically a, heating oil. It's not electric is what I'm trying to say. So they have this tank and they have to have it filled up every six weeks. And it was like 500 bucks last year to get it filled up. And then this year it's doubled a thousand bucks every, every six weeks. Ju- and that's just your heating. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, these senior citizens that are on a fixed income, I'm wondering how they're going to, how are they going to make it? Well, I'm, that's that's part of what we're trying to do here. Now, we always provide solutions, okay? As far as election day, uh, I got no solution for that, y'all. I mean, if you don't have the fidelity of your elections, you live in a third world banana republic, okay? And we're going to find out a whole lot tomorrow because nobody in their right mind is going to vote for the lunatics that are in there right now. And I do mean lunatics. And I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. In fact, most of these Republicans going in there right now are almost certainly rhinos. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out. But I did find it curious that today when I was going around, I I, I made the bad mistake. I don't know why. I had to grow up running the town and I was buying some... um, I mean, I was having this conversation at the discount. I went to this place to go see about insoles for my uh, work, the boots I wear. And um, I can't believe it, but in that store, these guys were literally talking about this. The one guy said, man, I'm already paying $5 a loaf right now for bread. I sat there, and that's what took me a little while getting home is I'm sitting in here talking to these old boys. There was two of them. And uh, they asked what I did. I told them I'm a farmer. And so they were asking about, they had real concerns about, I mean, they're working in a shoe store. They're doing the best they can. Both of them got second jobs, I believe. And, or at least one of them did, I know. Or at least I'm pretty sure that's what he implied. And he's like, dude, it's all I can do. And I know everybody else is out there thinking the same thing. And he, he asked me, he says, so what do you do? 
He said, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, first thing you need to do is subscribe to Permapastures Farm on YouTube and check out the Permaculture Pimpcast. Um, no, um, I did tell him that, though. But I said, look, man, this is what we do. We provide solutions. As far as the election and everything going down like that, I don't know that you're going to see much of a difference because go back to what Carol Quigley said. For those that don't know, that was the mentor to Bill Clinton. And he wrote this book that was never supposed to see the light of day. It was only meant for the elites. And he basically wrote in there, and I'm paraphrasing, that we should set up an election system where we can throw the rascals out and nothing ever changes because everybody's on the payroll anyway. Check out the work of Anthony Sutton. You've heard me talk about him before. Anthony Sutton has probably dropped more truth in so many different ways, and there's a reason why people have tried to blackball him from history. And he's basically said the same thing, is that it's one giant club, just like George, George Carlin said, and you're not in it. So when you get down to brass tacks with all this stuff, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know that that vote's going to. So I have no solutions on that. But when it comes to the homeless and the, the food woes that we're all dealing right now, we're giving you the options. I mean that, and I'm not trying to do a shameless plug here, but the truth is, if you know how to, everybody, if I had a nickel for all the people says, well, I'll just go hunting. You know what? who I hear that from? People that have never hunt before. This is why it's not called killing. It's called hunting. You got to go looking for it, man. It ain't just going to, I mean, it's killing if it's just walking in front of you. It's called hunting for a reason because you got to go looking. So, I always hear that, but that's why I'm saying, okay, this butchery video, I couldn't think of a better time for it to come out. Okay, wonderful. All the videos that we've been doing, there's always been a preparedness component in all of it. And that's exactly what we do, y'all. We are trying to provide serious solutions. Honey, what advice would you give to anybody coming up to you saying, hey, things are getting tough, times are getting hard? I know that's almost a rhetorical question, but what would you tell them? I mean, it, it would depend on the person. That's, that's the thing. Like a lot of these, the people that I, uh, if you're a young person, a young, able-bodied person, that's, that's one thing. It's this, the elderly people that, you know, they need to go move in with a, a, a younger, the younger generation so that, so that they can be taken care of is what they, they need to do. But I mean, that, I mean, that's who it really bothers me to see suffer through this because a lot of them, it's not like they have the, the option to go out and work and to make extra money to pay for, for food and heating. Problem is, I, you know, this isn't the America of the, night, of the Great Depression. I don't know that people are going to first think, oh, gee, things are tough. Let me forward up with family members. And if they did... In today's world, we're all t we're all taught to be extremely selfish. I wonder how those relationships would would well, go down. Th I th that's a good question. I'm not sure how they're going to go down, but you know, it's either if it comes down to life or death, you'd think you'd work it out. Yeah. Well, the crucible of really hard times is a way of doing that, and sadly, I think we're right on the precipice of it. So, folks, look, I. I'm trying to keep things on the upbeat. I'm doing the best I can when it comes to this stuff. But some of this stuff is just, it's what it is. Okay, tomorrow, election day. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what's going to happen. The same machines that made this thing, and ever since the 2000 election, I couldn't believe that there were still electronic voting machines, okay? We know that these things are fraught with all kinds of fraud and who knows what. So I'm not going to put a whole lot of hope into that. I, I never have. That's why we grow our own stuff. So you better be looking for opportunities to forward up with family, friends. I don't know, unless it's family like mine, which, you know, that's going to wind up being a disaster. So <laughs> go find some reliable people. I'll just put it that way. Maybe find reliable people that you can forward up with and make some really good things happen. Back in a minute with the main topic. sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine
You liking them jams, ain't you, baby? No. I'm fine. You know you like I'm Bobby fine. Blue Bland. Yeah, but this is the problem that I have. I sent William a blues song to play last week for one of my music selections, and he said, no, this is the pimp cast. There's no blues. There's... Yeah, we got blues all the time. I didn't say there wasn't any blues on the pimp cast, just not what mom picked. Mom picked some sad, depressing song. It was a very happy song. The the song I picked, that one was that one was a depressing song. Man. All I know, you just ruined any chance after playing Dwight Yoakam on the pink cast. That was just for you. Well, wrong answer. (laughs) Wrong answer. (laughs) Wrong answer. Way wrong answer. That ain't happening. So anyway, no. I played some of that old school Bobby Blue Bland. Yeah. I'm I'm picking the music next week. Or, hey, no, no. I'm going to pick some Teddy Pendergrass next week where when William was a little, we would play Teddy Pendergrass and try to count up the number of times he would say, hey, hey, in a song. (laughs) It never worked out. If you can't get to the end of a Teddy Pettigrass song and count them up, you lose count. I, I, nobody can do it. It's like trying to figure out the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop. All right, y'all. So here we are into the main topic. And I can, I got to be honest with you. I, in a million years, didn't expect I'd ever have this as a topic. But it has happened so often, especially lately. Um, we're, we got to touch it. We got to do it. Okay. So the day after we were with Justin, uh, doing the sorghum next day, we had a whole day planned. Now this was planned long before the sorghum surprise came on because frankly, I wasn't expecting it. And I really didn't expect to be there that late, but I was thankful for the experience and I was thankful to be a blessing to somebody else, especially my friend down the road. Okay. So the next day we had this entire thing planned out where we had to stop at one place and we're like, okay, we're going to try and relax this weekend. And so we had a series of places. We were going to go all the way down to Hendersonville, go pick up some more Evercrisp apples, which, by the way, they're out of. Like a doggone fool, man. I should have got four or five bushels of them things. We already went out of them. But they got other apples. And you'll notice when you get apples at an orchard, y'all, they taste totally different than that stuff you get in the store. They really do because they didn't keep them, you know, under ice for a year, so to speak, and then bring them out. I mean, those apples you get in the store are a year old, okay? So they don't even taste. They don't have any flavor, no character. There's no, you don't get any subtle hints of nuance or any of that stuff. You might in a Honeycrisp, but by and large, it's not wonderful. So we went, we were planning to go there. So what did you wind up getting at that orchard anyway? Oh my goodness. Apples, a few cabbages, some sweet potatoes. Oh, some pumpkin. I can't remember what the name of the pumpkin pumpkin was, but it was like a odd... Something that I just wanted the seeds for. And the lady said it would it would bake well, so I grabbed one. Well, and of course, I got some donuts in there. I got oh, some of those straight-up apples. Yeah. We got there early enough to where there wasn't anybody in line. And so I get up there, go get a couple of them donuts, and I'm like, oh, man, this was fantastic because they weren't cold. They pulled them right out of the fryer. I mean, it was almost too hot. But that's exactly what you want on an apple donut. So we go there. And so every, the day is very pleasant. Um, got to walk through. It's a it's a giant monocrop, but it's still an orchard, and it's a very happy place for me. So we go through, do our thing there. And then at 12 o'clock, we were invited to go to a place where there was going, well, the main attraction for us was is that there was going to be a donut shop that was going to be cooking these donuts they out, were, with acorn they flour. They were acorn flour donuts. And I've always wanted to try to process acorns into flour. It's supposed to be a gluten, a good gluten-free option. So the only reason I was showing up to this event was for the donuts. Well, here's where it gets weird, y'all. And uh, I'm, I'm right there with her. I mean, I know some of the people that were going to be at this event, and I'd, I'd seen them in other places. So I kind of knew that this was going to be kind of a, a woo-woo kind of thing to a certain extent. But it made it sound like it was more of a uh, community gathering, and you had to pay for these donuts, and it was kind of expensive, man. Five bucks a donut? Man, these donuts better be made by Bobby Flay, man, for crying out loud. But I'm like, okay, I, I, I'll try this acorn flour, because if it's if it's good, then maybe we want to try this, you know? So I'm thinking, okay, this is the only opportunity I've ever had, so let's go here. So we, get, we leave the orchard, did a little bit of running around, got some other chores, and 
things knocked out, not chores, but some uh, errands knocked out. We get over there and there's already, remember what we talked about at the beginning of this, as far as that tip, your discernment and wisdom, my spidey senses were already jumping off a little bit when we pulled up there. And as we get up there, I'm noticing like those people we saw at the car. Right. Well, very grimy looking and. Yeah, the guy looked like he hadn't brushed his hair in about a year. But also, I, I was a little—I was already irritated with the whole thing just by the email that was sent out. If you can't be a little more concise and clear in an email, then I don't know. I don't. My expectations—I I was already a little irritated before we even showed up. And what she means by the email is this: this you see it in all of the. This, this liberal world word salad, and I know people got to know what I'm talking about, where they'll say five paragraphs to say something that could have been communicated in a sentence, in a single sentence. It's like they think the more words they use, the more intelligent they sound. And it's so convoluted. And a lot of them do this. So that's like one of the trends. So she was irritated from that alone. So we get up there where, first of all, it's not like there's much marking there. We get there, we go up to those people. I tell them what I'm looking for. And they're like, yeah, go up in here. You go up to the like the barn or warehouse or whatever that thing was. So we get up in there. It almost looks like a place. In the, it, well, it was like nestled within a residential area. Yeah, there were like apartments, but there was also like a, a loading dock looking thing that I, I'm, I'm not sure what was going on there, to be honest. Well, the we get up there, we're walking through and we're trying to figure out what's up. And I can, we walked past this chicky, this chicken coop that looked like it, it was not in the best condition in the world. And then we see this guy. I'm trying to still figure out where I'm going. There's this old boy sitting on the porch out there in like this little apartment complex. He's smoking a cigarette, and he's a white dude with an afro. Wrapped in a blanket. He is naked. Because apparently it was too much. Like, you can't put shorts on, but you can wrap yourself in a blanket and sit out on the front porch when it's like 70 degrees outside. And he dragged the sheets off the bed. <laughs> he was covered in sheets. He dragged them like, how trifling must you be? Is you can't like, put on some drawers. Just put a pair of shorts on. Isn't that easier? He drags all the sheets off the bed <laughs> and comes out there looking like he's a doggone Roman. <laughs> And I'm like, what is this, man? He's sitting out there on this bench. And I'm like, and I've got to ask this dude for directions. And I'm like, hey, homie, where do I go for this thing? He has no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm not, not even trying to stand in front of him. I'm like, all right, man, I think I can figure this out. So we get over there. We get up to this place. And then there's like this loading dock. I go inside and I hear the voice of one of the guys I knew. I recognize his voice. And um, I told Michelle, who I... Uh, who it was. It's not going to do, I'm not going to name any names on this podcast because that's really not what it's about. And I'm not trying to put anybody on spot until I call them out personally face to face. So I hear his voice. I go in there and it looks like almost like an acrobat studio. Now where it gets a little bit weird is what I walked past without even noticing before I even got up in this place. I walk through these doors. I go inside I look around and it's like an acrobat studio. And I'd seen weird behavior like this. There was a, a couple in there ahead of time. They were very subdued, older than us. I would say they were probably in their late 50s. And they seemed a little bit repulsed by my presence. I, I, at the time, I didn't understand why. I couldn't figure it out. Michelle's outside. She didn't come in. I no, mean, I, I came in and looked around and then like just immediately turned around and, and left, walked. Because I was, it was at that point when we walked in, first of all, I already had the feeling that this was not someplace I wanted to be. And I walked in and saw whatever it was going on in there. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go outside and just stay outside for a little bit. Yeah. I, I ignored that because I heard that guy's voice and I walked in, had it. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, what is going on in here? I'm seeing strange art on the wall. And then finally, I had already made up in my mind at this point, I'm looking down at my clock on the phone and I'm looking, okay, they were supposed to be here with these donuts at noon because in that email, it said from noon to one they were going to have them donuts, right? Right. They were, they were showing, they were supposed to be there at noon. So at this time, by the time we finally found the place and everything else, I'm like, okay, where are they at? And I'm already irritated because I'm like, man, I'm a pretty punctual person. 
And I understand if you're going to be late. I mean, when it comes to, if I go to a job, if I tell you, hey, I'm going to be there at 7 o'clock, I'm going to be there on time. That's how I do it. When I go to my job, they're in here looking at me like I'm crazy. Unless it's any other situation, and then he shows up whenever he feels like it. Look, I'm never late. I'm never early. A pimp arrives exactly when he intends to. So that's that's <laughs> that's exactly how it rolls. But anyway, let's not get sidetracked here. I walk out this building, and they have like something of a community. It's like a, a cooperative community, as near as I can tell. I get back out there and I tell Michelle, she's standing by this thing. And I'm like, okay, everything looks like it's kind of broke down around here. She, I said, why don't you take a look through them gardens or what looked like a remnant of a garden. And then I look down and she's walking away. I look down and I see this uh, devil's trumpet. Okay. And it's not like devil's trumpet that we come across here on the farm. And the only reason you see it is because of compaction issues usually. And it's a very odd-looking plant. But it also has qualities about it that are extraordinary. So I know William's voice isn't great right now, but it wasn't like this stuff was just growing in the middle of a field. You can tell that it was being cultivated. Do you have a suspicion as to why? Well, yeah. Devil's trumpet is used largely in what's called the poison pathway, which is like a satanic, um, like, long term ritual or something like that but you basically rub your body in poison and you take this hallucinogenic drug it's the seed of devil's trumpet called detura and it's like a guaranteed bad experience so that's that's what they're doing with it so it's not like it's one of those trips where you may have a wonderful time you may have an awful time this one, they do it knowing full well that they're going to put themselves into an altered state of consciousness. I'll call it that. But what's weird is that you don't want to touch this stuff any kind of way. Now, when it gets dark out, and especially on a full moon like tonight, right now it's a full moon, and it's going to be a blood moon, in fact. Um, and this thing, it kind of comes out in moonlight. It's, it's yeah, it, like in the summertime, it's it's dead now, obviously. But like in the summertime, that's when it blooms at night. And uh, like these, it just, it's one of those things you look at and you just do not get a good feeling. You when know you that the plant. So all of a sudden, when I see this devil's trumpet, I remember William telling me about how all these Satanists use this stuff. For these rituals, and I'm like, why on earth would somebody? Everything else, there ain't a thing around here living, except for them raspberries I saw the remnant of in that garden that nobody seemed to want to pick. Right. And I'm I'm looking over here. I'm like, hold on, they got it strung up. They're cultivating this thing. And then it was about that time. I look over there at the door. I see what what was there was like, like I noticed when we first walked through the door that there was like a statue of Buddha off to the right, and then there was some odd-looking creature sitting next to the Buddha. And um, I, I remember, I just remember seeing it, and I like made note of it. It was like a gargoyle-looking something, something like that. And then on the door, there was this painting of this half-human, half... -human, half Monkey. It was like a chimera. No, yeah. yeah, it was. It was like a, a combination of a human and some sort of creepy animal. And then, as you go through and you look at this other, it was like a collage, if if you will. All of a sudden, like ding, 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 ding. When I saw the devil's trumpet, then I saw everything else, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And then we went back. I'm like, you know what? We're bouncing out of here. I don't care who's bringing these donuts. I ain't getting mixed up with these people. Well, but what burned me up more than anything is that there was something in that email. I told you when we were leaving, I said, hey, I'll tell you what, go look this up. Go look up this circle thing. Turns out it was like basically a satanic coven. This is like right, three times now I've been accidentally mixed up with some folks like this. And the discernment. The first time it happened, y'all, that's a man. I should have I should have told Joel Thomas at this at Van Tesla. I mean, over at Kill the Mockingbirds, man. Yeah, man, all this over some donuts. Anyway, turns out these fools, they they're basically a satanic coven. And then I had Michelle look this up, and then there was this portion of time from what one thirty to three where 
do you recall what it was called? Right. A something it was like, circle. Okay, so, so from like it, it was like an uh, an open circle that they did. They wanted you to show up between like certain times, and then during the ceremony, they made it clear like don't interrupt the ceremony. If you're going to come, either come before or wait and come after, but don't come in the middle of it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks when we're leaving out of there. I said, Hey, Google this. I want you to find out. And you pulled it up. And what was the first yeah, thing so that the popped up? The first thing that popped up was like a witchcraft site and, and, um, like just the, the ceremony of what it could potentially be. Well, and that's exactly what it was. That's I was like, why wouldn't they want somebody walking in here, even if they were coming in late? Well, it turns out here it is, got mixed up with another one of these covens. And um, I ain't so sure last time. There's another series of events. I'm not sure I'm willing to talk about it, but I'm not so sure that recently we didn't get hooked up with some people. Not hooked up, but I'm not so sure that we weren't accidentally mixed up with some other people that were dabbling in the same nonsense. And then years ago, back in Kansas, when we lived there, I went to this thing, man, that's a story right there where I wound up in one of the, I mean, this is like something straight out of, I don't know, man, one of them horror films or whatever. I wound up in something like that. It's like over and over again, we're constantly being courted. But here's what I don't understand. Here's the thing that burns me up. Can we not just gather together about farming? Well, Why do these people got to be mixed up in this garbage? But also, we didn't get... The the thing is, is that we paid attention this time, and we didn't stick around. Like, we saw the the signs, and we listened to it, based because we had horrible consequences from not listening to it. That, I mean, we left. We didn't get mixed up with them. No, no, I wouldn't... I mean, I'd have come unglued if I came here for these donuts and then they're busting out this circle thing. But also, this kind of stuff is increasing. Yeah. You're not, I mean, the, this stuff is, this activity is increasing on the earth. You're going to come across it daily, probably. If you're paying attention and you're out in the world, you probably know somebody that's, that's into this kind of stuff. But what gets me is that with a lot of these so-called city farmers, or these people, I'm, I know there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good stuff. But when you look at that place where it was this cooperative community, what is the thing that you and I have noticed historically with these things? They're always like, there's almost nope. no progress. They got to go through this. Works. Well, they got to go through this idiotic, you know, Eric Sider could probably talk a great deal about this if he wanted. But they have to go through this consensus model of decision making. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to win any fans by saying this, but most of these people are doggone bums. They're bums. That's exactly what they, they are. They're bums. Yeah. They they're, they join this thing, and it sounds wonderful to do this. Well, I don't feel like I want to get after the chickens, man. Then you know what? You ain't going to make it in the real world. I don't know what to tell you. You got a bunch of bums in this place, and I'm looking at a dude sitting there dressed like he's some Roman centurion sitting out naked on his front porch. And then you got gardens that ain't looked after. You got chickens that ain't looked after. You got all this stuff over here. And it's like it's it's like a wonderful little concept. And they have their little rock garden over here. Well, try eating a rock. <laughs> maybe maybe have a garden with some food in it. Well, there was food. there were some raspberries growing out there. I mean, yeah, but nobody the people, was picking them. Exactly. But they're too trifling to get out there and go get them. That's what burns me up with a lot of these things is that I find out that a lot of these... I'm saying all this in terms of discernment and the whole nine yards. I know a lot of people, we were talking about fording up with family. I'm telling you what, you wouldn't, you don't want to do it at any cost. If you think you're going to go out here and be a part of one of these communities, I was halfway joking one time, but I'm telling you what, there's a lot of these communities, man, they're wife swappers, man. They're into some diabolical stuff, some of them. Well, yeah, they're into some dark stuff and it's not something anybody, it's not something you want to be mixed up in. Because there, there's a there's a price to pay for sure. But what's mind boggling to me is how pervasive this stuff has become. Look, if you're if you're a Satanist, you're into witchcraft or Wicca, whatever. Look, man, I I pray you find Jesus, but I don't want to be mixed up with that garbage. I don't I don't want to be anywhere near it. I don't want to have anything to do with that stuff. And we've accidentally. Well, I mean, the second I discovered what this, some of this stuff was, I mean, if we go into a, a guy's place and you see a statue of Baphomet, you know what? I'm out of there. And that happened not long ago. 
So in cases like this where you see these signs, they may claim that they know how to grow food or whatever the case, but ask yourself, what are you compromising in the process? You know, what good is it to go out here and get linked up with these people and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of something? I mean, being who even knows the full extent of what these people are into? But if they got devil's trumpet out there, the only thing that was growing was raspberries and devil's trumpet and everything else looked like it was totally mismanaged. I mean, this garden was not at all. It didn't. It just looked like somebody put it, start it, and then eh, I got tired of it yeah. and walked away. Yeah, and then they got sick of taking care of it, and then went in the house. So these got these. They got these cooperative communities up where I guess they feel and they sound awesome and everything. But at the end of the day, they're really, they're really. I mean, I I have yet to see one that looked like it was worth a hoot, and I don't believe I'm ever gonna. I don't know that I'm ever gonna find one. And, folks, I'm just wanting to warn everybody. I know we didn't get to the Q&A this time. We'll have to save it for the next one. But the biggest thing I want to convey in this thing is I know these times are getting tough. And I know it's going to feel like, oh, my goodness, i got to forward up with somebody to be able to make it through. You better be making good decisions about who you team up with. Because if I can go to a place like this along with Michelle and we're going there for the doggone donuts <laughs> and leave with the satanic witchcraft. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? There was a lot more that went on there that I could talk about and incidents that have happened in the past and some of it, even the recent past, but I'm just going to save that for when the time's right. The biggest thing is y'all in all this and everything that's going on, you got to stay alert, stay alive.